This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the May 16th edition of Invest Talk. And of course, you know we're dedicated to helping you succeed. And we call it Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. And we're talking about managing risk and investing approaches to to help you make money, make your money grow. Now, there's been a rise in scams. You know, scams have been around forever. But there's been a rise in scams since the invention of the Internet. And it's getting worse. And what's interesting (coughs) is Money Magazine reported uh, that it estimated that one in five Americans over the age of 65 are victims of financial abuse. One out of five Americans over 65 years old, 20%. And what do you think the average loss? It's staggering. The average scam loss is to these people. One out of five for people over 65. It's $120,300. That's how much they're scammed. Average, $120,300. So do you feel you're too smart to get scammed, defrauded? One out of ten surveyed didn't believe they'd ever be a victim. Of course, one out of five are. Or maybe you've got a story to tell. Have you been a victim of a scam? A fraud? I have. Many years ago. I have. But... It was. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a. Well, I guess it was a scam. It was a real estate deal that uh, went bad because the the uh, the uh, CPA that put me in the deal on the East Coast when I was a younger person, much younger person, didn't know that uh, the real estate was being bolt built by the mafia. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Cost me over a hundred thousand dollars. We're open for your comments, your questions, any of those. If you have a scam, I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear anything about investing, finances, anything money, financial related. 888-99-CHART. Here's a call that came in before today's program. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is John from Atlanta. have a quick question for you. I recently got married uh, two months ago. We're combining our assets, bank accounts, everything. And uh, my wife has some student loans, and I have most of the assets. But anyway, I was really checking in to see what is the average net worth of an individual that's my age, that's about 33 years old. Uh, currently, I have 475000 in assets and about 300000 in liabilities. That's everything. We made a spreadsheet and put it all on a, on a sheet of paper just to see where we're at. I was just kind of curious uh, where that stacks up versus everyone else, or if that's even something you can look at for everyone. Thank you. Well, I don't have the, that statistic at, the, at your age on my fingertips, but I do know that the average retiree, retiree uh, at 65 has less than $100,000 saved for retirement, 65-year-old. So in that case, you're way ahead. But you know what? What should you have at age at your age? You should have at least a few hundred, a couple three hundred thousand dollars. That's what I think you should have. Most people do not have it. Most people 
may have maybe you know uh, fifty thousand in their four hundred one k at work, maybe a little bit more, and that's about it. So, but you don't, you can't be most people. If you're listening to the show, you don't, you're not going to be most people. You need to start socking away money fast, okay? Because you don't want to be at age fifty five and say, "Gee, I got to start saving a lot more money because I didn't do it when I was younger." It's much easier to do it when you're younger. The money grows much easier, much faster, because you have a long time to have that money grow. So start pumping money into your savings, and your 401K, your IRA, whatever, both you and your wife doing it, not just you, too, both of you. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Financial abuse, scams. We're talking about that. All too often are, are against senior citizens over the age of 65, according to Money Magazine. Financial abuse can be in the form of a scam or can also be just perpetuated by family or friends who just take money or siphon money from the older loved ones. Just take it. That's very common. Very common. Wells Fargo has reported that nearly half the older Americans surveyed recently by the bank say they know someone who have been a victim of a scam. And yet, despite the prevalence of these scams and financial fraud cases, seniors are in denial about their personal vulnerability. Only one in ten think that they are. They, only one in ten older Americans admit that they have felt uh, successful, that they feel like they could get scammed. Most people don't believe that. They don't. They're not going to get abused. And I hate to say it, but my father-in-law is a perfect, perfect victim. Perfect victim. If he had any money, he, he would lose it to a scam artist. And he wouldn't know it, and he, he would one day just, oh, it's gone. He just clueless. So how best to raise the awareness? How do we do that? I, I, it's very difficult. Experts point out that a majority of scam cases could be avoided if families were communicating. Problem is, sometimes the older generation won't communicate with the younger generation. If people were talking to their children, if the children, that is the young adults, were talking to their parents or grandparents. I know it's awkward and it's tough, and I've, I've come across this personally in my own life, so I know, I know, but you still got to do it. You know, maybe you could trade information with your older parents. Tell them first about your financial situation, and maybe then you can ask them about theirs, because you're sharing, you're just sharing. Don't make it about, you know, you're too old and you can't take care of yourself. If you start saying stuff like that, it's not going to work. Not going to work. So maybe open up about your own personal finances. And then, especially if you're a son or a daughter, you're telling your parents, what, you know, what's the big deal? Anyways, some of the other topics I have to talk about today. Okay, we're going to talk about, you can be, uh, should you buy gold? That's going to be one of them. Should gold, is gold a smart investment? That's going to be one of our, that's going to be our main talking point. I also want to talk about why early retirement is, is all it's cracked up to be. You know, everybody complains that retiring early, is, you know, that's not good or, you know, you need to keep working or, you know, everybody wants to retire early and, well, it could be work out great. If you, you, you know, just got to figure out how to, and what kind of lifestyle are you going to have? You got You can work out. You can retire early. 
Wall Street's fear index. Remember, I was going to talk about it yesterday. I didn't get around to it, and I want to talk about it today. And don't be afraid of bonds just because yield you know, is rising, just because interest rates are rising. Don't be afraid of them. I got some information that maybe give you some comfort. Now, being a you know being a bond investor is, you know, when you get to a certain age, you don't want to take the full risk of the stock market. And that's totally understandable. But many people are shying away from bonds. They're saying, oh, they're too risky because interest rates are rising and the value goes down. Well, what 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 will that actually do to the value of the bond you have? What does it actually do? We're going to talk about that. The market was up today, said Dow 62 points, the NASDAQ 46 points, and the S&P up 11 points. So we had one down day yesterday, and which you know, decent down day, close to 200 points on the Dow. But that was after six up days in a row, and today it was up again. So one down day out of seven, I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Have you heard about our free webinar coming up on the 30th? We'll be explaining the power of fundamental and technical analysis. Now, those are tools we use every day. It helps you. It will help you make buy and sell decisions on what stocks you need, or where to buy them, when to buy them, and you know how to read a chart, how to read fundamentals. It's essential, everybody. We'll introduce you to all these tools. We will. So sign up for a free webinar. It's free. You can go. You can do that by just going to investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. Do you have a question for me right now? Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Invest Talk Answers to Important Questions. What's your money topic today? Canadian Investment Trust. Time Managed Fund. I want to know, when do you know when to sell your mutual fund? Get your question to us now. We're ready. 888-99-CHART. That's how to reach Invest Talk anytime. Appreciate the show. Very educational. Hey, guys. Will in Kentucky here. Just want to get your opinion on Rocky Brands. Stock ticker RCKY. I've got about $1,000 in the stock. Small position, obviously. Uh, bought in at twenty six fifty. Wanted to see what you guys think. Think it could go a little higher. Think it has some potential, or do you think it was a silly move and I should consider getting out of the stock? I've had the position now for a little while, so I just want to get some another opinion on uh, what you guys think about that. Appreciate your time, and I'll listen on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, this is a very small company. Very, very small, meaning very risky called Rocky Brands, Inc., R-C-K-Y. It's a $200 million company. Manufactures rugged, occupational, military, casual footwear, and outdoor apparel. And the good news is, it makes good money. It has made money for years. Years. It's going to make $1.50 this year per share. And it's a $27 stock, $1.65 next year. And so it makes very, very good money. They announced that they're going to buy back uh, $7.5 million of their common stock of $200 million company. That's that's pretty decent. Uh, the, only, the only negative I see is sales for the last four quarters have slightly fallen. That's the negative I see. The stock price itself has risen pretty nicely from $13 back in October. Now the 27 so it doubled. And what is it really worth? 
Well, I think it's worth very close to $27 right where it is. Maybe maybe you can maybe worth $30 at the most. I I'm, I'm thinking $30 at the high end. But it has to it has to grow its sales. If it can't grow those sales, then you need to get out. Because the only reason I hold on to a small company like this is because the sales are growing. The PE ratio is kind of in the middle of its range. And the return on equity is only 6%. So there's not a lot of, they don't have a lot of room for mistakes here. So uh, if it drops below $25, I think I'd be out because of the growth. If the sales growth were 10, 20, 30%, then I'd, I'd stick with it, take the risk. Rocky, everybody, R-C-K-Y, very small company. Just try to remember, any company that's really tiny, under $500 million market cap, those companies are, are kind of on the risky side. They're much riskier than the rest of the market, the bigger companies. Okay, here's an investment term you should know. What is a tangible asset? Kind of easy, I think. Tangible assets are those that have a physical substance, such as currencies, buildings, real estate, vehicles, inventories, equipment, jewelry, Precious metals of any kind, rare earth metals, industrial metals, crops, those are tangible assets, those things you can feel and see. Now you can see detailed investment term definitions from our friends at Investopedia. They have them all there. I do like them a lot. Is there a way to invest in real estate without investing in real estate? Sure there is. Real Estate Investment Trust, REITs. Do you have any questions about REITs? We're here to help you. Uh, you can ask on our anytime number. It's 888-99-CHART. Let's get back to Invest Talk, made possible every day by KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. KPP principals invest in their own programs. To learn more about the variety of KPP investment programs, go to investtalk.com and click on the Investments tab. Now let's hear your question, 888-99-CHART. So is gold a safe environment, I mean investment? Is gold a safe investment for you? And the answer is not just a simple yes or no. You can't answer it really that way. Remember, gold is a physical commodity. Physical commodity. Subject to supply and demand. And the gold, the value often changes quickly. Goes up and down very fast sometimes. Sometimes it just sits there for years. It can sit there and do very little. And gold prices generally move uh, at different in a different way than stock prices. Usually, going if the stock prices go down, gold will go up. So you have the drivers of gold being supply and demand. Okay? Uh, and you have other drivers as well. Remember, 50% of gold demand out there, 50% is jewelry. 50%. 40% of the demand comes from investments by individuals and central banks. That includes, I'm talking about gold coins and bullion, metal, gold bars. And then uh, then you have a, a, some more, remember that's 90% of it right there, then ETFs. They have, there's demand coming from exchange-traded funds. So that 
50% of it is in jewelry. That's why India India is a big user of gold because gold is the normal gift to give at weddings. Gold. So there's high demand coming from there. And every ounce of gold ever dug out of the earth is still around. It doesn't disappear. It's not used up. And if you want to increase the supply, you have to dig it up. Unlike a currency where you can just print it. So supply and demand is the main driver. And it can be volatile. Don't think it can't. It can be volatile. And it's also, you have to say, it's fairly risky. Now, being risky doesn't mean it's all bad. You want volatility. You want risk because you want it to go in a different direction at different times than the other assets that you own, the other stocks in your portfolio. So you, you, it's, it's a good way to diversify a portfolio. Very good way to do it. Because gold does also hold its value. Though it could be volatile. So in a portfolio, it could be a very stabilizing force. If the stock price, stock market all in, in, in general goes down, gold won't do that necessarily. So I do think, I'm not a big gold person, but I do think there is a place for it. Uh, but not just do not bet the farm because it's not wise. Long term, Stocks do much better than gold. Now, let's get back to answering our questions. Uh, there's a 24-hour question someone left, and here it is, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is John from Martinez. I just set up an IRA, and it's kind of dedicated toward the mixture of index funds. I was wondering, is it better to invest in the IRAs monthly or annually if you're going into index funds? Because I know that with you know dollar cost averaging, you're going to get a mixture of a better price. So in terms of uh, what you're investing at. So I was curious um, if you think it's better to invest monthly or annually in your IRAs. Thanks. Bye. Monthly. I would choose monthly uh, simply because you, as you pointed out, your dollar cost averaging over a year. If you buy buy it just one time at one, in the year. You could do that, but if I would pick the time, if I would pick the time, it would probably be late summer. But I think it's smarter to dollar cost averaging over 12 months. I think it's smarter. And just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Uh, dollar cost averaging, everybody, is a system where you buy the same amount of an investment at periodic times, and you stick with those periodic times. The hardest time to keep doing it is when the market falls. And that's exactly when you should do it more. Okay? But most people can't do that because they see their portfolios going down, 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 down. And they're putting more money in it and more money in it. It's going down, down, down. And that new money you're putting in, that's getting worked less and less and less. So you feel like you're just losing money. That's all you're doing, just losing money. When actually your thinking should be switched and you should say, hey, I'm buying stuff at a more discount every month. That's great. But it's hard to think in those terms because you are losing value. But if you're a long-term investor, it all will come back. Always has. Think think about every the most recent crashes we have with the dot-com and the financial crisis. 
Did the market come back? Came back both times. So don't think longer term. Longer term. Much better. So what's coming up next on the next Invest Talk? There has been some talk recently in some quarters about the potential return of real estate bubble. Do you think we are in that? So we'll explore that concept on what bubble? Is there a rest of a bubble? No. What bubble is there? What bubble? And we'll run down the seven reasons to buy a house now. Why should you buy now? However, at the moment, Invest Talk rolls on and I'm here to answer your questions on any money topic. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Our podcast continues, but first, a reminder about our upcoming webinar. There are two tools that serious investors can't do without. Fundamental and technical analysis. We get a lot of calls from people who want to know how to analyze companies. These two techniques kind of help you look under the hood. There's competitors, there's positions in the industry, revenues, income. But you can't analyze stocks with fundamental analysis alone. Shorter-term traders rely heavily on technical analysis. That shows patterns. There are trend lines and and moving averages. It's not as complicated as it looks. It really isn't. Join InvestTalk's Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for this free live webinar Wednesday, May 30th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So we're going to pack a lot on this webinar. I hope you can join us. It's May 30th and it's free. Using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to the next level. All you do is register. Just go to investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's and investtalk.com and click on the invest talk tab thanks for spending this hour with us you're listening to invest talk and the number to reach steve right now or anytime is 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to John in Fremont. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good, John, uh, Steve. I have a question on uh, 401k. Uh, so sure. I'm new to 401k, but this company that I just joined recently have um, told us that by being with the company um, after 90 months or so, uh, I can enroll myself in 401k, and they said they will match up to 50% of what I put in. Um so right. what does that mean? Can you explain more about 401k, what it is, and what does it mean by sure. sure. Uh, for Okay. 401ks are, are uh, uh, savings account uh, established by employers, and a 401k is a private established by a private employer, a private company. Because you also have 403bs and 457s. Those are different numbers, but those are either... Government jobs or or nonprofit companies. 401k is means you're working for a profit company, and the company can choose to match your contributions or not. Okay, they can choose to or not to. If they choose to, they will match every employer's every employee's uh, contributions. Now they can do it at any level, John. They can say we'll match it 100 percent. You put in a dollar, we'll put in a dollar. Or more common is you put in a certain percentage and we'll match it this much. Like if you put in 5%, we'll put in 4%. If you put in 2%, we'll put in 1%. 
they have graduations, and then they limit the top. Many of them will limit it at 4%, but they can make it a limit at 2 They can make it a limit. They can match one for one up to 10%, and then nothing after that. They have the choice. So your company has decided to match it. Did you say 2% if you put in 4%? No, no, no. They said they were going to match up to 50%, but they didn't really say these percentages, though. Okay, so they'll match up to 50% what you put in? Correct. That's very generous, because what if you put in the maximum? The maximum you can put in a 401k in a year is $18,000. That means you can put in 18000 and they can put in nine. That's oh. a lot of free money. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so the max. See, most of. Yeah, that's the law. That's not up to the companies. That's the law. Okay. But if they say they'll match fifty percent of whatever you put in, they're agreeing to go up to nine thousand dollars. That's great. That's unusual, John. That's that's generous. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. You got to talk to your personnel department. They'll give you documents about all this, and so make sure what they said is true. Okay, let's go to Brandon in Los Angeles. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for everything you guys do. I love the advice. Um, Thank I had you. a question actually about the U.S. dollar and the Thai bot. I was wondering if you guys do give advice on currencies and just with what's going on with Iran and oil and uh, Thai economy around exports. I was just wondering if you guys would think right now is a good time to okay. buy some Thai bot. Now, I don't know much about Thailand, and that's what a Thai, the Thai bot comes from. Um, and I can't tell you that they're going to do well. I can tell you that the dollar has been weakening for the last couple of years against other currencies. But I'm not sure if it's against the Thai bot specifically. But I know with the Thailand is an emerging market. Now, I know that emerging markets have been doing very well. So if you bought things in the, in, with using a Thai currency, uh, stocks or whatever in Thailand, or just to bought the currency, the odds are good that that currency will get stronger against the dollar over the years. Why? Because the U.S. economy may be doing well, but we're in deep, deep debt, huge amount of debt. And no one's paying attention to it much, Brandon, right now. No one. No one's even talking about it. You ever notice? No one's talking about our debt level. But it yeah. is going to come by, come at some point, it's going to bite us. It's going to bite us hard, and then foreign currencies will probably do better when that does happen. That's my opinion, anyways. Okay, Brandon? Sorry All I don't right, know a lot so about the Thai bot. Thank you for the call. I just don't know a lot about currencies that... That you know the smaller currencies, they just don't because we don't trade in those. Okay, don't be afraid of bonds though, just because interest rates are rising. Don't be afraid of them. I'll give an example. This is why. Okay, everybody knows what the ten-year Treasury is, right? The U.S. government Treasury. Okay, it it pay it went from two point two percent a year ago to three point oh five. That's a pretty big jump in yield. Therefore, that we would think that would push down the value. And the three-month uh, 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 bill or note went from 0.9% to 
to 1.9%. That's a double in interest rate because the Federal Reserve is raising rates, right? So in the last 12 months, that's how much those things have moved. So what has the bond total aggregate of all the bonds, how much did it go down because of those things rising up? Remember, those, that increase in the 10 years is about a 50% increase, and it's over double for the, the shorter-term bonds, U.S. dollar. So it's a 100% increase. So how much did it affect bonds going down in the last year? Well, the aggregate bond market went down 0.85%. The intermediate T bond, treasury bond, went down 3%. The long-term treasury bond went down half a percent. So try to remember, <coughs> even though interest rates have been rising and they're going up, it doesn't crush the bonds. It just makes them worth less. So don't be so paranoid about a rising interest rate and buying some bonds. I like to buy bonds at par or near par and to hold them to maturity and get them and get par back and then collect interest rate along the way. I don't care what the value is during the years that I have the bond because I know I'm gonna, I know it's going to go back to par and I'll get my money back. Buy at par, it goes back to par and you collect the yield. But if you have, you have to realize that if interest rates go down during that period, the value of that bond during the middle part of that bond, depending how long it is, uh, it will go down in value. But it also always returns to par. So don't panic about interest rates rising. No, I can't invest in bonds. I'm not a, you know, I have a program where we buy bonds and a program where, where it's 100% bonds and a program that's 50% bonds and 50% high dividend paying stocks. And they hold up, yeah, the value of the portfolio goes down because of the bonds, interest rates are rising. But we go back to par, you're still collecting your yields and it's going back to par when it matures. You're not losing anything. Try not to freak out about rising interest rates when it comes to bonds. Now, I'm not a big fan of bond funds or bond ETS because of the net asset value. And that's a whole nother discussion. Okay. But I, I just want to point out, don't be afraid of bonds. It's not a, just because interest rates are rising. As long as they don't spike up, but they rise slowly, you can easily handle it. Okay. And still make money. Okay. Now, uh, well, the, the VIX, there seems to be some problems with the structural, structurally with the VIX, the volatility index. And I want to talk about that before the end of the show. Now, if you get some value out of the Invest Talk, out of this show, why not tell a friend? Invest Talk is ready at source for answers. As you know, people call in. We try to give them money answers, okay? Whether it's investing in the stock market or trying to figure out fees or expenses for mutual funds, Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. And if you call weekdays between 4 and 5 Pacific time, you can have a live conversation. I'm live, 4 to 5, Monday through Friday. The question of risk tolerance is one you need to confront before you can design an effective and appropriate investment plan for yourself. If you'd like a second opinion, then why not reserve an hour to talk about it? Steve provides retirement reviews for a limited number of our listeners. You can do it in person or via phone or a system like Skype. To reserve your time, just go to investtalk.com. 
wealthwithwealth.com and click on the Investments tab. Hi, my name is Owen, and I have a question about your thoughts on Visa. I currently hold a small position, and I'm thinking about putting some more money into it. Again, that's Visa, ticker symbol B. Thank you. Okay, this is Visa. Everybody knows Visa, the credit card company. Provides global payment solutions in support of credit and debit payment programs of financial institutions. It's a $265 billion company, so mega cap company. They're going to make $4.50 this year, up 29% from last year, another 17% next year to $5.27. It is growing sales 9 to 13% in the last four quarters, every quarter. There's not much negative you can say about high return on equity at 25%. Cash flow is pretty high. The negative thing I'll say about it is they only pay six tenths of one percent, six tenths of one percent uh, dividend. That's very, very low for such a big company. They should be paying more than that. And should you be buying more right now? And I'm going to say no. After telling you all the good news and how good the stock is, yeah, I'm saying no. Yeah, no. Why? Well, because the P range is 21 to 34, and right now it's 33. So it's kind of expensive. You want to buy it when it was when it's cheap. Like in February, it fell down to $114 or so a share. Today it's $130. Uh, then it retested it at $117 in April, and today it's $130. So in a month and a half, it shot up again. So I, I'm saying, uh, I'm saying. Wait for the next pullback, then buy it. What will it be? I would say it probably goes back to, to 125 at least. That's what I would think. Your weight, you're buying it at the top. If your holding period is 10 years, you can buy it at the top and not worry about it. But you say you already own some and you're thinking about adding, well, I would be a little bit careful at where, where I add that, where I add to it. Make sure you don't have too much of this stock in your portfolio. What's too much? Don't don't add more than 5% of your overall portfolio. I like to buy 3%. So when you say you have a little, how much is a little in percentage of your overall portfolio? Okay. Let's go to Natalie. Nat- no, Natalie. Is it Natalie? Hi, Natalie. It's how you doing? Hey, good. How it's you nice doing, Natalie? Fine. I'm, do- I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, so I have a nine-month-old daughter. Um, I have a 529 plan that we're putting money into um, about once a month and maybe every other month. Um, I was wondering what other okay. ways would you recommend to invest uh, for our daughter um, other than the 529 plan? Um, and it doesn't have to be college-specific since we have the 529 plan, but I was curious, like, you know, maybe – for her first car, or any other investments, what would you recommend? Well, you could do an ATMA, which is a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account, in which you open an account uh, in her name, actually, even at nine months, but you control it because you're the parent. And until she's 18, she doesn't even, she, it's not her money, but at 18, it becomes her money. You could do that kind of account, but there's no tax advantages in it, so... You know, there's no really need to do that. Uh, you can open up a Coverdale, but that's for education too, and you already have a 529 
Uh, and everybody else, so 529 is for uh, is money you can put aside and grow tax-free for college for your children or your grandchildren or your neighbor's children, for that matter. Um, Natalia, there's, not, Natalia, there's just not a lot of other things you can do other than the 529 for a, 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 a young child. There isn't. Okay. Okay, so, how about like a regular Sorry about that. You can open up a regular brokerage account, but you can only do it in your own name. You can't do it in a child's name because she can't sign things or she's too young. You know what I'm saying? So how would I so transfer, if I were can't, to open a brokerage account under my name, how would I transfer the money to her once she's 18 or for first purchase of a car or anything else? Okay, at, 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 uh, at her age of majority, at 18, you can give away to your children or to anybody uh, $12,500 per year without any tax consequences for that person. So you can give that money to her at 18 if it's, you know, at 12500 for her to go buy a car. And when she turns 19, you can give another 12500 to her. And there'll be she doesn't have to declare it on taxes or anything. It's just a gift. Okay, how about like a purchasing a car? That would not be considered giving money. So that would be allowed. Uh, allowed. No. Is that correct? That's correct. You can buy a car for her. And you'll probably leave it in your name, I'm assuming, you know, and the reason why you'd want to leave it in your name is because the insurance would probably be cheaper. Yeah, that's correct. Because okay. insurance is expensive for young young people. Thanks for the call. I appreciate gotcha. it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. If you've been saving your money, if you've been saving your money question, now's the time to get in, everybody. We're coming up on the final segment of the show, 888-99-CHART. You can get through right now. Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Wednesday, May 16th. In the wake of the financial crisis, many Americans have lost faith in the idea of a house as an investment. They worry about another bubble brewing. Seven reasons to buy a house now. That's next time. You have a question for Steve? 888-99-CHART is how to reach him on Invest Talk. 888-992-4278. Okay, the VIX. We've had some problems with the VIX. The VIX is uh, not tracking, I, I, I know I mentioned this yesterday, not tracking uh, the vol volatility of the puts and calls like it's supposed to. As a matter of fact, it's under investigation by the SEC for manipulation, possible manipulation. So there's a problem with the VIX. So when you're thinking of, when you're thinking about investing in one of the uh, derivatives of the VIX, one of the ETFs, please don't. Stay away from it. Also, retiring early. You know, there's nothing wrong with retiring early. That's a goal for a lot of people. But a lot of other people and experts say that it could be detrimental to your mental health because you have nothing to do. You have no purpose. Well, that's not necessarily so. There are there there have been some studies that people are content perfectly content not working like everybody else nine to five 
five to seven days a week, every day. Instead of that, that there's been studies showing that young, younger retirees, 35 to 45 years old, are just as happy and content, but there are things you have to give up. Your lifestyle has to be really curtailed. That doesn't mean you're poor, you, you, you're, you, know, you just have a very low, uh, low overhead lifestyle, and you have to be content with that. And that's the, that's the focus of the whole thing was contentment in that kind of lifestyle. And you can be very happy retiring early. Just that your left lifestyle has to be simple. Let's talk to Lee in San Mateo. How are you doing, Lee? Hey, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Good. Well, thank you for taking my call. I am interested in uh, investing in commodity stocks. Sure, these are the right ones. Uh, the one is okay. E as E as in Edward, T as in Tom, mm-hmm. P as in Paul, Steve, uh, okay. which gives. And the other one Boy, is. Well, let's just talk about this one because I don't have I don't have a lot of time left in the hour. We're almost out. Let's talk about Energy Transfer Partners (ETP). It's an MLP, Mastered Limited Partner, that owns and operates pipeline terminaling and crude oil acquisition and marketing assets in 37 states. They pay a really high dividend, about 12 percent. Now. MLPs have different tax treatments, so you got to be conscious of your taxes. You're going to probably get a K-1, not a 1099, K-1 meaning you're a partner in this master limited partner, and you're going to have to pay tax even if you buy it in your IRA. Even then, you're still going to have to pay taxes because you're a a partner. Uh, These stocks do pretty darn well when economies are growing and obviously oil prices and natural gas prices are higher because this is what they do. They operate a pipeline, terminaling for crude oil. So it's probably, it's doing better than it has in some time. It's already hit a bottom at around $15. It's now 1886. Uh, it has been high as $30. And I'm thinking that it's probably, it's probably going to do very well. You're going to get that 12% dividend, and if it goes up 10%, that's a 23% return in one year. So I think that has a strong possibility of doing that. So, Lee, I like ETP. I, I like it. Okay? You like it. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Yeah, go ahead. ETF? Well, you can't. It's tough to call it a commodity ETF because it doesn't really own the commodity of oil or natural gas. It just transports it. It moves it. So, uh, you know, when, when people talk about a commodity ETF, they usually talk about it, it, the commodity ETF is something that owns the commodity, the underlying commodity in some way, shape, or form. Mining or just owns gold, you know, something. This is, uh, it's commodity related. Let's put it that way. Lee, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Time to end the hour, everybody. Reminder. I will be in San Jose next month for individual retirement reviews. To set up a time, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab, then Portfolio Review. The day for San Jose is June 6th, June 6th. Save your time that day, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. 
Justin and I uh, thank you for making us part of your day. And we'll do it again tomorrow, Thursday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.